And uh, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Frizz is on a bit of rest and relaxation with his family. And my name is Sat, or Satyanand is my full first name, and filling in, just hosting through uh, the teaching hour for him. And today it's uh, my pleasure to introduce a close friend of mine, Aaron Evans. Close friend, uh, his uh, ministry is called Emerging um, Daniel Company. And uh, Aaron, why don't I hand it over to you and go ahead and share a bit about yourself as much as you'd like to, and then uh, lead us through what you'd like to do today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I'm a son of the king, and I'm learning to grow in my sonship and learning to adore God in uh, the ways in which uh, he manifests himself to me in this season. I, what I want to cover is I want to, I probably come to the back end of my story on how I came to the Lord. I will say this, I was at one time, I was a black Muslim and then the Lord visit me. He visit me as a ball of fire and he turned into a man of fire. So yeah, I was a practicing black Muslim and, uh, and God uh, interrupted the path that I was taking. And he came first, he came as a ball of fire. And in that visionary experience, he uh, came, he turned into a man of fire. And he said two, he said two things that were key. I mean, he said many more, but for time's sake and, and what I want to share, two things he shared was, he said, first is butter and margarine may look the same, but it's not, you know, that was, and everybody knows butter and margarine is not the same. It just looks that way. And then the other thing he said was, uh, I, at the time I was thinking, was he a, was he a black man or a white man? Because being a Muslim, we were taught that Jesus was a black man. So while I was thinking that, he looked at me and said, I'm not a black man nor a white man. I'm the right man you need to get right with. And from that moment on, I knew, oh my God, I'm into something that I have no, no understanding on. So that's the short end of what I want to share. At the end, I'll fill in a little on uh, why I shared my visionary experience that brought me into uh, the kingdom of God and how I grew in the things of the Lord. And one of the uh, Bibles, one of the areas in which God gave me was Daniel. He told me you, I would study the Bible all of the Bible, and uh, he said, but he said, Daniel would be uh, the main book and the main place that I would be in all my life. And so I've been studying and reading the Daniel and wrote a book on Daniel. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say I know everything about Daniel because no one knows everything about Daniel. But what I want to share today is uh, the four visionary experiences that Daniel had. I only want to talk about one. And I want to highlight three things that I want you guys to have a, that come away from in this area as we are maturing and growing in the things of God. I believe everyone on here and will be uh, clicking in that every one of us love the Lord. We want to grow up to be like him. We want to be as close to him as we possibly can. And I think there's three areas that we need to uh, at least increase and grow more in, in, in everything, always love and joy and all those things. But I think we need to have 
purity first, you know, as a people. We need to have purity. When I say purity, I'm talking about inwardly the things that's happening. We really need purity. I, I would call it prophetic purity because most of the people I talk to are revelatory or prophetic, some evangelical, and I cross over in the body of Christ. I've been around for a couple of years. I, I hate to say that. If I, if I say I've been around and that lets you know I'm kind of old. I'm not 22. <laughs> I've been, I'm 65. So I've been around for a long time. And I've, I was brought up around people like Bob Jones, the, uh, the prophet seer, not, not the fundamentalist, Rick Joyner, John Paul Jackson, I worked for, all those guys. So I had some spiritual mentors and fathers in the faith. And so I'm not a newbie in this thing. I've been around. And then as Daniel, I've had times where God has blessed me to be out front. And then at times he puts me in hiding. So I've been in hiding for the last like four or five years. I've been seeing what's going on, understanding, uh, growing in understanding, growing in the things of the Lord. And I feel like one of the things that God highlights to me, and it may just be me, I don't think so, is that he asks for purity. He wants us to be pure. He wants us to have a pure heart. Most of us want to grow in revelation, grow in knowledge, growing the ability to, you know, speak, speak to a lot of people. All of those things are good, but purity of heart is something that we have. It says in the scripture, bless those who are pure in heart. They shall what? See God. And so the pure in heart shall be peacemakers in this season and in this time. And so that's the, next, the second thing I believe is that we need to practice more on not just reading the word and studying it, but biblical meditation. And when I say biblical meditation, I mean uh, not clean, uh, not having our minds empty, as the New Ager says. We need to fill our mind with scripture. We need to fill our mind with the things of the spirit. We need to fill our mind with the Lord. So that's biblical meditation on what is Jesus doing? What is happening in the throne? As the brother shared about Ezekiel and Revelation, all those places that actually show us a snapshot of what's happening in heaven and what's in heaven, we need to meditate on those things. And then the third thing is wisdom. We need biblical wisdom. We need godly wisdom in this season. And so that's my, uh, that's going to be where I want to land at today. But I also, I want to share some teaching. I want to share some uh, scriptures. I want to share uh, how the book of Daniel was actually written. Because most people, when you, if, if you open your Bible now, you would see that Daniel has 12 chapters. Well, and then when you read Daniel, you think that in Daniel, that it reads the first chapter, the second chapter, the third chapter, the fourth chapter, the chapter, all of that. But really, the chronological order of the book of Daniel goes like this. It goes chapter one. Is Daniel, who dealt with the Babylonian captivity. Chapter two, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Chapter three, the image that Nebuchadnezzar had. Chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar's pride. Chapter seven, it goes from four to seven. So chronologically, it's not five. It goes into, yeah, 
uh, chapter seven, which is the times of the Gentiles. Then chapter eight, which is the ram and the ego vision. Y'all remember that? Then chapter five, the Babylon falls to the Persians. Then chapter nine, it's the vision of the 70 weeks. Then chapter six, the lion's den. And then chapter 10 through 12 is the times of the end. And so I would like to, uh, for, again, because of time's sake, I would like to pull out some things out of Daniel chapter 8, if you have your Bible and, and stuff, and just and walk with me on this, and, and I'll be available for some questions. One of the things I won't be covering is a lot of history, a lot of the numbers right now, because I noticed, you know, you got numbers and times and seasons. I think we need to grow in understanding times and seasons. We, we need to do that. And, it can happen by us becoming uh, pure and meditating on the word and God giving us insight so that we can grow up to be more like him and we can understand what God's doing in this history of time, in this season of time. And so the book of Daniel is, all books are inspired, but the book of Daniel, if believed, received, and activated, it increases visionary revelation in our lives. And so I want you to know that that, well, the more you read Daniel's and Ezekiel and Revelation, those books increase the visionary part of our lives, our ability to see, our ability to dream, our ability to have visions. We'll be able to perceive things more. Uh, when, I, when I get in that dull area, I, God always challenges me first to push in and spend time with him and listen to him. But then when I'm led into the word of God, reading the word, I usually have, he has me usually to read the word of God out loud. And usually it's in the book of Daniel, it's Ezekiel, it's Revelation. And I, I guess then because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you're activating something, you're releasing something as you read the word of God and the thing comes in. And this one, I believe that's how you start walking in the anointing of the sons of Issachar is the more that one devours the word of God, the more that one has a hunger for the word of God and the things of God, the more a person want to be clean before the Lord. We have clean hands and a pure heart. And, I, and, and when I say clean and purity, again, I'm not talking about, we, you know, well, there are sexual sins and all of that. I'm talking about like some traditions, some things that we uh, have, uh, our denominational bent. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things now that believers are fighting over and arguing about, especially on Facebook. I, I'm, I'm glad that I can tune those guys out. Is And then the news, you have to be able to be able to take this stuff in and then decipher it as you go before the Lord. The Lord will sift out and help you to discern what's him and what's not, you know, because the news will tell you something that really, that's the spirit of deception, just trying to paint a picture so that you and I can become agitated in our heart, angry in our heart, mean-spirited in our heart. And for Christians here trying to run us, he's trying to get us to the place where we end up for the love of many will wax cold. So we have to be careful with that, especially us as believers that kind of know the word and we can quote the word and we've been around. We have to be careful 
that our love doesn't become cold because of people, because of the way they, they speak things and teach things and say things and, and uh, disrupt uh, the purposes of the Lord. You and I are on the winning side. Amen. We win. <laughs> we win and we win big. You understand that? We just don't win. We just don't get by, barely get along. We win big. And so uh, there is, out of the book, there's four books, uh, three books that I want to mention to you about that you want to increase in visionary revelation. I told you before is Isaiah is one because it's seven times it deals with vision. It deals with visionary experiences. Seven times in Isaiah, in the book of Ezekiel, 13 times. But in the book of Daniel, 22 times. There's a visionary experience. That's why I, I start with Daniel and I want to uh, finish with Daniel and I want to challenge uh, the family of God here is to, outside of all the other things that you're doing, when you can, take a little bit of time and read the book of Daniel and study the book of Daniel and ask God questions. The Holy Spirit like you, likes us to ask questions and stuff. And, uh, I, and so I, I want you to know that it's 22 times. So I'm gonna, I'll give you the verses on the 22 times that it's in the book of Daniel. It's in the first chapter, verse 17. Daniel chapter 2, verses 19 and verses 28. Daniel chapter 4, the verse 5, verse 9, verse 13. In Daniel chapter 7, it's verse 2 and verse 15. In Daniel chapter 8, it's the Verse 1, verse 2, verse 15, verse 16, verse 17, verse 26, verse 27. Daniel chapter 9, verses 21, verses 23, verses 24. And then finally, chapter 10, verse 1, verse 7, verse 8, and verse 14. The book of Daniel, when you talk 10, 10, 11, and 12 is really one unit. It's the Daniel, you know, having an encounter with Gabriel and the angelic, and you actually being able, this is the first time we hear, not first time, but Daniel is the very first book that. Uh, angels would get, you know, names were being told. And then it was the laying out on finding out that there was warfare over nations and, you know, empires and stuff in the angelic. It helps us to see, it gives us a snapshot into when God raises up those who have uh, allegiance to his ways and his thoughts and his doing that we affect the unseen realm. Paul puts it this way, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so you and I, when we are, uh, we adore 
by be sitting in a heavenly places and we have on the armor of God. And the more you and I understand our place in the kingdom and understand in, through intercessory prayer and through agreeing with God, we actually can move things. We can see now what's happening in America. And I know it's easy for me to say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by, you know, all the issues that's, that's going on. I move by the spirit of God. That's what I move. I have to guard my heart in many areas. I see a lot of things being said and done that disframe of the kingdom, disframe of the gospel and stuff. Uh, and I am one that a lot of my friends call and ask me about the black and white situation because, you know, again, I shared that I was at one time a black Muslim who understood about being a black panther. So talk about black, I know this black stuff. But then how many know when you meet Jesus, those things go away. Jesus gives you, you encounter Jesus and you're no longer a black man or a white man. You're the right man that gets right with Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit and the ability to know the word of God and the ways of God. And so I want to, uh, I, I want to share these four visionary uh, experiences that Daniel had, but the one I want to highlight is in Daniel chapter eight. So in Daniel chapter one, he had that, that he had uh, understanding of all dreams and visions. He grew in his, him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego grew in the purposes for which they were called for. Then in Daniel chapter two, he received insight through a night vision. It was like he had an intercessory prayer with the three other guys and he was, he prayed and found what was Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He knew what it was. And that there's very few people I know that have that gift. We all can dream. We should all pray about growing in dreams and visionary experiences. And so, uh, yeah, and so Daniel went and uh, he found out what Nebuchadnezzar prayed about. And he had dreams, he had insight. And he shared with Nebuchadnezzar that no one could do that on his own. It's the God that interprets secrets, the God of mystery, the God that reveals secrets is the only one. Then you got Daniel chapter 10 with the whole theonophany of breaking in and Michael, uh, Gabriel breaking in and the whole angelic realm, the Prince of Greece and all the Prince and principalities. He gives us a snapshot on what was happening in the uh, realm of the spirit. And, uh, and so we see that this is a time uh, that God will take a company of guys, girls and guys, and groom them up so that we can understand the government of God that affect the nations of the world, that affect cities and governments, that affect ministries, affect households. And so I want to uh, land with Daniel chapter 8. I want to... Uh, Again, rehash, rehearse biblical purity, biblical meditation, biblical wisdom. And then I want to be, I'm open for a few questions and stuff, but I want to release at the end. I want to call it an activation instead of an impartation. I want to activate, help you, uh, charge you up. It's like a battery. You already, some of you already running high, high test, but some of us need a little help. Some of us need a little engine, you know, 
you know, and especially because of the atmosphere and how uh, how hard the atmosphere can be if we don't have a personal and private life with Jesus, if we don't know how to get into the secret place and not contaminate us the secret place with all the things that the world say and all the misinformation, then we could shine brightly as the stars, it says in Daniel, and grow in the things of God. So I'm going to read out of Daniel chapter 8. I'm only going to read a few verses. I was going to read the whole chapter of Daniel chapter 8, but I'm about ready to come to an end. It's a, I like, I like speaking to a screen, but I like being around people. Like anyway, you know, I like, I like the energy that people release on that nodding and say amen and all the rest of the stuff. So I want to start at Daniel chapter 8, and I want to start at the 15th, 16th, and 17th verse. Daniel 8, 15, 16, and 17. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, was seeking the meaning, that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. <laughs> And I heard a man's voice between the bank of Uli, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Verse 17. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. And he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Three things I want to pull out there real quickly. One, Daniel receives a, a vision from the Lord. And two, he has this encounter and he uses the term, a man appears. And then he, he comes to find out it's Gabriel. And so we see how many times Gabriel uh, comes. And when Gabriel usually According to scripture, when we see every time Gabriel visits a per people or, or a person, there is a transition. There's a major transition ready to happen. And Gabriel is given the task or given the uh, thought, the speaking from the Lord is to help the man to understand. And so once I get through, I want to end there is you, we can have visionary experiences. We can have angelic experiences, but when we have those things, that don't mean that we understand everything that we receive, and we can ask God for understanding. And I think that's where we're at now, being able to have understanding of the times to know what to do. And if we push into the Lord from our secret place, we don't hear God with jaded understanding with jaded perspective with our uh, denominational or thought patterns that we can actually be free from being biased in our opinion of what we thought God said, what we think we heard, and then what God actually is saying. It's three different areas. And so for me, I see right now in the season that we're in, that is we, if we press in, press in with biblical purity, biblical uh, wisdom, 
biblical meditation that God will give us increased angelic visitation to help us interpret what he's doing in this season and in this time that he'll be able that we don't need to be we need to come up with these gimmicks I, i'm so i've been around the prophetic 30 30 35 years and sorry just just so much gimmicks and i, I don't want to say that because i'm talking against that i don't i want to be free from gimmick i want to be free from that stuff i want to be free to be able to deliver the word of the lord and when i have understanding I release it, and when I don't have understanding, I'll be able to say, I just don't understand that, you know, and stuff to just be truthful and to say, this is what I received, this is what I heard, but I don't know what it means. And I think that helps us in our maturity as we go. Instead of, you know, coming up with a good conference now, all glory and, you know, 17 angels god's going to come and visit all of the things that have us in height but it helps us miss the purposes of god that a lot of us that god wants to bless us with encounter with him to first get to know him and grow up in the things of god but then it also as we mature that we have more of an interaction with the angelic realm that there'll be more and more and more understanding. Biblically, we will have an on-ramp into the realm of the spirit, not making stuff up biblically. So with that, at the end, well, I'll turn it over to site. If anybody have any questions, I'll answer four or five of them. Then I would like for all of us to pray and come into agreement that we go into this new place or not so much new place and an additional place in the spirit where we grow up to be like him and we come into more of encounter and understanding as we are grounded in the word of god Scott, you can take it from there great and uh i would just ask you at this time if you have a question go ahead and put it in chat and we'll uh take them as they come in and um Something I'd like to share a quick thing. Something that Aaron, I'm, I'm sure, would never um, say himself. Um, you know, just to give you who don't know him, Aaron has the capacity to be out in front of thousands and to use um, his, the relationships that he's had, the experience that he's had, um, the 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 people that have worked with mentored him worked with him that he is uh the types of understanding and encounter all of these things and so i'm i'm bringing that up very specifically because i know that it was a very intentional move aaron for you to uh pull back from what could have been and to seek the lord for something a bit different and um, I see that you touched on it in the beginning, the parallel of Daniel not being swayed by the favor of men. He would be prominent with a, with a king or a ruler. And then he, we see he came out of prominence and he didn't waver. And I'd like for, for just a moment while we wait for a, a couple of uh, questions to come through, what do you see? 
being replaced in the believer in the realm of discernment and understanding by not being prepared to lose favor or visibility. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that's the whole thing going to purity and so that one can grow in discernment and so that you can be able to hear or even feel a, a gentle tug from the Lord to, know, to let you know that you're ready to step out or step into something that uh, God doesn't even want you to be a part of. It can be a good thing, but not the best thing. So as we grow, I think right now in our mature, as in our maturation process, God wants us to learn the difference between what's good and what's best, you know, and to not be uh, swayed by the favor of man because the favor of man do help you in indicating timing, but if it doesn't come from with the favor of God also, then that means that they open up some doors that you shouldn't have gone through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That it would help you and you could actually do that. There are many people that are probably out there now that should not have been. You know what I'm saying? That they really, someone liked them, you know, they had a good message, they, they, they said something, and then someone opened the door and gave them a platform instead of that when one has that opportunity, one needs to go back to the Lord and debrief with the Lord. I think debriefing with the Lord in the secret place is a good way of being able to stay uh, aligned with God and staying in step with God and moving in that kind of inward discernment so that you don't make up something or cause something to happen that God isn't approved of. You know, I, I think that there is tons of people out there now that we are actually doing a lot of stuff and seeing a lot of stuff that God's not in it. And we're going to end up when we get to the Bema seat, because we're all trusting that we're all going to be at the Bema seat of God, right? That, uh, that we don't want our works burned up as wood, hay, and stubble, you know? That's the wood, hay, and stubble that you moved out before God moved you or you moved into something because man uh, told you to or man helped you lead the way. We need to be able to go to the Lord and debrief and say, am I supposed to do this? Are we doing this? Are you in this? And not only are you in this, is this the proper time? Because many that are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons, the mature sons and daughters of God. Being led is one of the indicators, not just not being driven, not being hyped, you know, not, not, not being moved by whoopie-doos, but you're being led. And when God draws you, you will know when God draws you because he has an amazing way of having you land at a place that you didn't expect. That's the long version of that answer, right? <laughs> Can you describe um, a couple points of how you've been enriched because you have discerned um, various times where, okay, this may be a good thing, but it's not the best thing. Can you describe some of the enriching that's come to you as a believer because of being able to discern um, that point and choose to defer for the best or wait for timing, as you've said? Yeah. Uh Yes, I think the, for me, uh, one of my spiritual fathers was Bob Jones. And uh, 
I think one of the greatest, one of the things that helped me was it was a season where everyone was jumping on this kind of get rich theme in the body of Christ that took place a couple of years ago. And, uh, and I knew then I had the money and, uh, and I had the opportunity and, uh, and I had the availability to not only jump on it, but then a platform was being offered to me to help uh, curry that, uh, that enterprise. And I waited for the Lord and I prayed next to the Lord and he didn't say no. That's the thing. He didn't say no. I just felt this. I felt this like restrain. That's the thing that we have to learn. I think I've learned how to, uh, since when he restrain versus when the enemy is stopping you. You know what I'm saying? You have, it's a difference. It's just, it's just a different feel that you feel you're being restrained. It's like a dog, you know, a dog can, you know, <laughs> when it gets too far, then just, you bring it back, you know, you just, and so it's that way. So I've learned how to be restrained by the spirit of God. And one of the rewards were, uh, I didn't do it. And I got a call from Bob. I know I called Bob Jones at the time. And as uh, soon as I called him up, he thought I was calling him for, for whatever. But as soon as he got up, he, he said, you know, knowing him, I'm not mocking him. I'm sounding like him. Anybody that ever heard him, he, what you want, boy? You know, so again, he always called me boy. And I always thought that he meant Leroy. But uh, that's enough for another story. But that was just his terminology. And before I got ready to say something, he said, did you do that too? Did you just jump on that, that, that thing? And, and I said, no, Bob, uh, the Lord didn't let me do it. I was refrained. And he's made this statement. He said, you are one of the few sons that I had that had enough discernment to know this wasn't of the Lord. And he told me this. He says, the only thing that would clog your, your, your discernment up is unforgiveness. He said, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, it clouds your discernment. And he says, and you won't be able to move in the things of God. So that's one. And then the other thing is, uh, and, and then I'll use him. I remember the Lord came to him and asked him, would he, uh, what would he do? This, would he believe in a, uh, uh, a Mormon president? And so, Bob thought God was saying that uh, the Mormon president, Mitt Romney, was going to win the presidency. And so Bob started saying that. And then, of course, he didn't win. And so he went back to the Lord and, and he said, Lord, what happened? And the Lord said, because there was an offense in your heart, you heard the way you wanted to hear. You didn't hear me. So I think two things, unforgiveness and an offense in our heart will cause us uh, to be uh, off track and to get into something that God don't want us to get into. Those two things that for anybody that just want to do um, mental gymnastics and things that's in our ability to handle is those two things. And I think that'd be enough for that. That's good. Was there any questions? Yeah, I think that segues. So that's that's good. So you mentioned unforgiveness and the tendency to be offended, to have offense in your heart. And earlier when you were speaking, um, you also mentioned not being carried away into 
the anger that's created so commonly in the airwaves through the debate of issues back and forth. And so highlighting those three things, um, we also have a question um, which is asking how best can you grow in the area of interpreting dreams and visions? So having covered those three things, which I think you've articulated really well saying, look, this can cloud your ability to discern truth, the mm -hmm. unforgiveness, being offended, um, being driven by anger over, you know, opposing positions of issues, whether they're, you know, in the traditions of the church or whether it's in the culture, whatever the case is. So building on that, how would you say that you can grow in the ability to properly interpret dreams and visions? I, again, you know, this is a longer answer than we need, but I'll say three things. One, certainly you got to pray. You have to pray and ask God for the ability to interpret. And I would start with Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, in the Amplified especially and stuff, but Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 11. I'm saying how the Lord helped increase my uh, ability to interpret not only dreams, but spiritual things. Uh, he started with that. And then the, another thing that would increase my ability is, of course, learning biblically what the Bible said about certain symbols and different stuff. There are some people that's out there uh, that's pretty good at it. And then the third thing I found out that would increase my ability to interpret scripture is my ability to spend time with the Lord in silence, to get up and sit before God in silence when I have a dream or have an experience and he interprets for me what this is. He goes, this is that. You know, I take it into, I take it in my heart and because God, I don't even have to verbally answer it. God already know I don't understand it, but I come to God and go, need a little understanding or HBO and, and our little, we call, I call it HBO, help a brother out. You know, that's, that's my prayer. Help a brother out, God, help a brother, HBO. And so when I'm sitting in my chair, I'm in silent, God start interpreting, this is that. And then sometimes God tells me to wait on an interpretation. And then later on in the day, he explains to me the interpretation. So the thing is pray first and then read the Bible about what the Bible says about what symbols and uh, things are. And then ask the Lord. The third thing is to ask the Lord concerning sitting before him in silence and just listening to him. He will help you interpret if he, give, if he gave it to you, he'll give you understanding. We saw it in uh, Daniel chap chapter 8. When he gave Daniel that a vision, he, had, he sent an angel. Make this guy understand it. So God's responsibility, if he initiated, he'll give you understanding or he'll give you the ability to interpret. That's I love that because uh, um, I think it's very common in our culture and in our day and age to want a workbook that will explain yeah. and and we don't see the lord doing that in the bible and so oftentimes like i know there was a time when when if the answer you just gave me which is uh to me and correct me if you feel differently it's based on having confidence in the relationship and who god is and who i am to god it's absolutely it that's it and and i i find that answer is not satisfying to the flesh. 
The flesh wants a system that they can work through without engaging relationship with God. When God shows us, like you indicated through Daniel, his highest priority is to engage in a personal face-to-face relationship. And so I I find the challenge, and I I, want to bring this up because I've, I've wrestled with that same question and I've taken classes and things like that. And I feel like it can't be understated what you said, but if we're not quick to hold on and see it in perspective of the Bible, we'll dismiss the answer that you gave uh, because it takes something that we can't generate. It takes the confidence to listen and to expect an answer and to know if we have to wait a year or five years or 10 minutes, it's in his hands and that, that it's truly our confidence before him that he's seeking to grow us in that area. Yeah, again, it's, it's easy because we're, you know, we're used to the microwave thing. And so we don't, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to simmer in God's presence. And he can, you know, he tells us, wait, you know, he likes to use that word, wait, good night. You know, you know wait, man, I've been waiting so and so and so and so. And God goes, oh, yeah, you know, I got, we got all eternity. Don't worry about it. You know, that's something. And he's, here's the thing. God's always on time. His timing is impeccable. He always releases revelation. He told me one time, I was asking him for some revelation concerning some stuff, and he came and he shot back to me. He said, he said, you don't need revelation until I give you revelation. He says, and you can't make me give you revelation. So that was the end of that was, okay, let me stop trying to twist your arm and, you know, First, I twisted his arm. I tried to twist his arm. That didn't work. Then I tried to lullaby him and use all the little uh, religious sayings and I love you, Lord, all that stuff. And God knows the heart. He already knows the intent. He goes, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, but then again, that helps us to grow. It refines, it's called being in the refiner's fire. We come out, you know, as sons and daughters of God, walking in the place that God wants us to walk in. There's never no better place for us to be right now than be with God at the right place at the right time. Interpreting what he wants us to know, giving us insight what he wants us to know, and helping the people to get to know him as best as we can. I think that's a, I think that's all we can do in this season if it's called perilous times. Or as Isaiah says, darkness and gross darkness. So it gets darker in the world, but it's supposed to get lighter with us. What I think is, yeah, I gave some, a couple of little tools on, hey, if you put these things together with all the rest of the stuff you're doing, you can become light. Biblical meditation, purity, wisdom, help you to become that light, that shine, that lead many to righteousness. So that's kind of what I was doing was just giving you, it's like little pills. Here, take this pill take this pill. It wasn't a whole meal. It's just a pill. It was supposed to help strengthen you overall, your whole diet you're responsible for. You know, we, we used to, we usually wait for someone else to tell us what we need to read and what we need to do, but we need to grow up and get it from the Lord. And, and people that share with us, we know, Hey, I could take a little of this. I could take a little of this. I could do a little of this and I could grow into intercessory i saw someone talk about intercessory prayer that's absolutely right that's what daniel knew and daniel was good at him shadrach meshach and abednego was they knew how to pray and they knew how to get an answer 
It wasn't just they were coming against anything. They didn't say they were coming against. They came and their focus was on him. And then wisdom came from out of that. You know, Daniel said, wisdom and might are you. You changed the time and the season. Didn't mention anything about a devil, you know, principality, come against, you know, stuff. Didn't say that those things don't happen, but you have to know your focus. And the main thing has to be the main thing in intercessory prayer. It has to be spirit-led. It has to be driven. You have to be driven spirit-led to pray so that you can get an answer from the Lord. So do you have any uh, insight on, on that subject for intercessory prayer? Um, some insight on how to hone, hone our discernment to be led or led by the Spirit versus being tainted by, we could say, presumption or just observing things in the culture or that are happening and mm -hmm. reacting to those in our heart and then going to the Lord in prayer and calling it intercessory prayer. Um, do you have any, which I know that we call that intercessory prayer, but I think what we see is there's a, a different level of engagement mm -hmm. that the Bible calls intercessory prayer. Um, so do you have any uh, discernment nuggets or any insight that could help in that pivot place? <laughs> I would probably say no, because you would set me up and say, hey, do you have any? Because I'm... I think I think you're setting me up to say this and stuff. Uh, uh, I think all that I said so far. I think that's what I like to say is, and I think the people that's on this, they uh, uh, they know you, they know other guys, Jonathan. I think that uh, we could uh, divvy out to those that's prepared to be able to heal it because I a lot of people can't make that transition into a spirit-led intercession versus what they've been trained to do. You know, it's been a whole long, it's like almost the prophetic, you know, we do, you know, uh, revelation, interpretation, application. Uh, we have all these good things, but you start out, that's supposed to be kindergarten. This is how we started. But when we get a little bit of whiskers, we get a little age going, we need to grow up, you know what I'm saying? And so I think a lot of the models that's out there now, uh, I will suggest one thing. I was just thinking you and I talked about later. I would suggest that they would uh, uh, read about uh, Francis Metcalf, <laughs> the, 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 the golden candlestick women. That if, uh, if they are typing or writing down, start on that. Start that appetite. And then seeing what spirit-led intercession actually does versus uh, I don't want to denounce anything anybody else is doing. Uh, Francis Metcalf, you could spell it for them and, and speak and, and tell them the ladies of gold uh, and get the history of it and see that uh, advancement into it. And aside, I think you, yeah, I mean, you should be able to kind of run and help the people with that there. I don't, uh, again, I think I want to limit it to that. that there is some great stuff. Yes, it is. That's it. A whole type. That's that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> again, when we talk, you know, again, a lot of people are my friends, and and I'm a, I have relationship with them. I'm a, a phone call away. I have them 
you know, in, in, in my cell phone. And, and, and so there's a lot of things I could say, and it just seems like, you know, I may be kind of spurting on people. Uh, that's not my intent. My intent is to help the body. And for a short period of time, in less than an hour, I kind of curry things that I say, and I reframe myself in a lot of areas. Scott knows know, know that, that I'm like that out. Yeah. And, you know, somebody will say something like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so first, I, I don't have to take stuff back, uh, rather not say anything at all, you know, ask the Lord, Lord, would you give them revelation and lead them where they need to go? That kind of my prayer is, that's the prayer that I want to pray is, help you on that. Now, anything else you can fit, add to it, finish it, and I think our time is coming to an end. Sure. Um we did have one question um, about wanting to hear more of your story um, with the ball of fire and man of fire. Um, and, but I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that would be a good separate session to hear more of your testimony and how it, how it's, how it shaped you as um, out of where you were and, and into what you've become as far as, um, stewarding revelation and wisdom. So um, if you would agree with that, I just wanted to acknowledge that that was no. asked and maybe it yes, would be I, good. Yes, I would rather do that there. So then, yeah, then I could say, and then here was my, the beginning of God Samueling me in a season, you know, and then it was time God allowed certain mentors to come in. And then this is where, uh, what brought me the way I'm at today. So it would, it would work best in a time for just a testimony. Thank you. So then uh, we've got about eight minutes left for the hour. Um, Aaron, would you like to, uh, for us to engage, um, like you said, um, in, in some type of prayer? Um, I believe you said that you'd like to um, have some type of activation, release an activation, and maybe we can close out with a little bit of corporate engagement. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to release something and then let everybody else jump in. And so I, I would love to do that. Lord, I thank you for those that are on, those that left, those that will hear. And I pray, God, that there would be a, an endowment, an uh, injection of your spirit. The spirit within, we're responsible for. The spirit upon is your gifting and anointing and how it affects others. Increase both of these. Increase our ability to pray in the spirit, build ourselves up in our most holy faith pray in the Holy Ghost, and then that which you allow to rest on us as the Spirit rests on Jesus, and he declared it in Isaiah 61. Let the Spirit rest on those that are hearing and listening and praying now that they may come into a more sensitive awareness of growing in the things of God. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Let their eyes be opened. Let the interpretive gifts be increased. Let the ability to have comprehensive insight into your ways and purposes be uh, expanded. Give us uh, that sons of Issachar anointing, understanding the time to know what to do in Jesus' name. Now, y'all can take it from here. So um, I'd like at this time, why don't everybody unmute and um, let's go ahead and, and praise the king. Let's go ahead and glorify his name. Thank you, Lord.
having confidence in receiving. We thank you for your word and thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. Glorified, exalted. Life bring glory to your name. You bring glory to your name. You praise, You who is worthy of praise and glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hi, Hallelujah to the Lord. Our King, the Lord, our Judge, the Lord, our Lawgiver. The exalted. We thank you. Jesus. You are everlasting to everlasting you are God. From everlasting to everlasting you are God. Thank you. King of heaven. King of heaven and the King of earth, the one who seated on the throne, I am just one who rules in righteousness and justice, forever. Yes, God. To him who sits on the feet of the land, exaltation, friend, sticks closer than the father, ancient of days, the Alpha and Omega, first and the last, the one who lives forever, one who holds the keys to a distance and be exalted. Glory to your name. We glorify you. Great. Um, 
Aaron, thank you very much. You can unmute yourself if you want to make a final comment, but thank you very much for sharing. Um, we look forward to um, another session at some point. And uh, we pray blessings upon you and that your secret place would be filled with rich, sweet, thick glory. <laughs> and we want to thank everybody for uh, attending today and for all those who are watching the recording. Blessings to you. And uh, we'll see you uh, next time. And uh, as we part, to you, the Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting or turning shadow, we place our, our expectations and our hopes. We place everything, all of our requests, we place them in your hand. And we make space to, to be filled with your, with your adoration and your praise. And we ask, we ask that, that uh, the wisdom today, that it would create space in the hearts of your children so that they would fill it with the goodness of your house, that they would fill it with the rich praise before your throne, that they would fill it with the confidence of knowing you and knowing that you are our God, that you are our strength, that you are our glory and the lifter of our heads. So, uh, amen. And until next time, everybody, be blessed.